welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Kale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be the, ga- will be the gathered of all the nations, and He will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place on the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come you who are blessed by the Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Here ends the reading. Uh, please be seated. Now, this is this is definitely my fault. Uh, Pastor Rice called me out on it this week and um, said that I cut Jesus off by ending the gospel lesson where we did. So, in in order not to do that, um, uh, it, it's a little lengthy, but I will go ahead and finish reading from Matthew verses thirty-four through forty-six. Then the King will say to those on his right. Come you who are blessed by the Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you have gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you, stranger, and welcome you, or naked, and clothe you? And when did we see you, sick, or in prison, and visit you? And the king will answer then, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say, those on his left, depart from me. You cursed into the internal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, When did we see you hungry and thirsty or a stranger and naked and sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, Truly, I say to you as you did not do it to the one of the least of these, you did not do it unto me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Dear saints, the readings from today, sheep, goats, sour grapes, vasistas. What is this? Israel loved to make excuses for their adultery and sinful ways. They lived according to their own desires and denied God for days without number. Every time they would fall away, God would have to bring judgment upon them to return them 
to his laws. Like we of today, the children of Israel looked for someone else to blame for their own sin. In their search for self-justification, they used the proverb, the fathers may eat of sour grapes, but the children's teeth will be set on edge. This meant that whatever the fathers of each successive generation did may not affect them, but it would surely affect the children and their grandchildren. This was Israel's way of blaming their forefathers and even God for the sin that committed and the judgments they had to face. One could easily say that this has been going on since the beginning of time. What did Adam say in the garden when God confronted him about eating of the fruit? The woman whom you gave to me, she gave me the fruit and I ate. Then the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Sour grapes, perhaps. Saints, we can lay the blame wherever we want. But God spoke plainly to Ezekiel and Jeremiah that the soul that sins will be one who dies and not those who lived in the past. They will answer for their own sin. Judgment Day. The Gospel of Matthew spoke of the same judgment and separating of the sheep and the goats, the believers and the non-believers, those destined to hell and those bound to the kingdom of God. What about each of you? Has life dealt you a handful of sour grapes? Do you feel that life has been unfair? The bigger question is where will you stand on judgment day? On the left or on the right? As a sheep or as a goat? And it will make a difference whether you are a sheep or a goat. Their destinations will be different. To the goats, to those on the left, the Lord will say, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. In 2 Corinthians, he writes, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. In the last chapter of Revelations, Jesus says, Look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. Without understanding, by these words, it is all on us. What we do or don't do that will be standard for our judgment. Martin Luther faced this same form of pressure. He was driven to find acceptance with the God through his works. I tortured myself with prayer and fasting. What else did I speak by doing this but God? I constantly walked a dream and lived in real idolatry, for I did not believe in Christ. I regarded him only as a severe and terrible judge, portrayed as seated on a rainbow. I earnestly thought to acquire righteousness by my works. 
Martin Luther, during his spiritual struggles, had become obsessed with Romans 1.17. For in the righteousness of God is revealed from the faith for faith, and is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Luther had to understand the righteousness of God to mean his active righteousness, his works. On these terms, he admitted that he had hated the righteousness of God. But while sitting in the tower of the castle of the church in Wittenberg, Luther meditated on his text and wrestled with its means. I did not love, yes, I hated the righteous God who punishes sinners. At last, by the mercy of God, I gave heed to the context of the words, namely, in the righteousness of God is revealed as it is written, he who through faith is righteous and shall live. There I began to understand that the righteousness of God is that by which the righteous lives by a gift of God, namely, by faith. And this is the meaning. The righteousness of God is revealed by the gospel. And it is written, He who through faith is righteous and shall live. Here I felt that I was altogether born again and had entered a paradise itself through open gates. There I totally... I totally... Um, there, a totally other face of the entire scripture showed itself to me. Thereupon, I ran through the scriptures from memory. I also found in the other terms an analogy as the work of God. That is the God, what God does for us. The power of God with which he makes us strong. The wisdom of God with which he makes us wise. The strength of God. The salvation of God. The glory of of God. It is only faith in Christ that can produce the good works that righteous sheep do. Everything is centered on the person of Christ. If the work is done in connection with Christ, then it is regarded as a good work. If there is no connection with Christ, then there is no good works. You must be linked to Christ and his goodness, by which we sinners are accounted as good, in order for there to be any good works to speak of. Faith in Christ is the key as to whether your works will be judged as good or not, sheep or goats. So it is faith that saves, faith in Christ, faith alone, apart from works. Our works do not, in the slightest degree, merit our salvation. It is a free gift, pure grace. Only Jesus Christ and his work can earn our salvation for us. Jesus died on the cross to wipe the slate clean for us. His precious blood washes away our unfavorable record of sins. Those sins will not be brought forward when the judgment day comes. His perfect holiness purifies our imperfect works. So they are then regarded as good works for his sake. Christ remembers only 
the good that we have done. And he sees in our poor little deeds mercy. Saving faith will produce good works. So the works are the evidence, the proof that a living faith was indeed present in the believer. Faith works. Like a good tree, it will bear good fruit, not sour grapes. The law says, do this, and it is never done. Grace says, believe in this, and everything is already done. Simple, right? Sanctification, not justification. Sour grapes, sheep, and goats. This would all be simpler if we had an instruction manual, wouldn't it? Lessons, paraphrase, to give us guidance. Have we done enough? What is the answer? Luther writes, The deplorable, miserable conditions which I recently observed when visiting the parishes have constrained and pressed me to put the catechism of Christian doctrine into this belief. This brief, plain, and simple form, how pitiable. So help me God, where the things I saw, the common man, especially in the villages, knows practically nothing of Christian doctrine. And many of the pastors are almost entirely incompetent and unable to teach. Yet all the people are supposed to be Christians, have been baptized, and receive the Holy Sacrament, even though they do not know the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, or the Ten Commandments, and live like poor animals of the barnyard and pig pen. What these people have mastered, however, is the fine art of tearing the Christian liberty to shreds. Of course, this was Martin Luther's preface to the small catechism. We know from Luther's own experience what the effect of unexplained doctrine was. It left people wondering, have I done enough? Christian instruction that became the recipe for spiritual uncertainty. Have I done enough? It is precisely this question that Martin Luther set out to break in in the catechisms. He writes, These things people must know in order to be saved. First, they must know what to do and what to leave undone. Second, when they realize that they cannot measure up to what they should do or leave undone, they need to know where to find the strength that they require. Third, they must know how to speak to and obtain the strength. It is just like a sick person who first has to determine the nature of his own sickness. After that, he has to know where to get the medicine which will help him to leave undone what is right for a healthy person. Thus, the commandments teach human beings to recognize their sickness. The creed will teach them and show them where to find the medicine. The creed points them to God and his mercy, given and made plain in Christ. 
The Lord's Prayer teaches us all of this, namely, through the fulfillment of God's commandments by faith, everything will be given to them. When Martin Luther began to publish the small catechism in January of 1529, each section appeared on a large single sheet of paper to be sold like newspapers and hung up in churches, schools, and homes. Each sheet before the title, How the Head of the Household is to Present the Ten Commandments or the Creed or the Prayers to the Members of the Household. The small catechism actually began its public life as a teacher's guide for confused parents. He expected them to do what a bishop is called to do, preach the gospel to the children. That is, teach them the basics of the faith, namely the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, Holy Baptism, and the Lord's Supper. If they had questions about the meaning of the basics, or if their children asked them the questions that they could not answer, they could run to Luther's catechism for help. You know it is said that a goat will eat just about anything. Scavengers, wandering about, searching, being tempted, eating what they muster up. Sour grapes, perhaps. But sheep, they are found in green pastures, eating at what is provided for them by their shepherd. As Jesus instructed Peter when asked if he loved him, Jesus replied, feed my sheep. How beautiful is that? The mercy of our Lord delivered in the word from scripture to Luther to the parent and fed to the children, the sheep, for our salvation. This is the good news I bring to you today. God has forgiven you for the sake of Jesus. Jesus is your righteousness. Jesus is your life, your eternal life, life that overcomes the grave even as Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, life that will stand in the day of judgment, for your judge is also your Savior. All of this is a gift, dependent on the goodness of the giver. Come, you who are blessed by the Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you and the foundation of the world. See, it is all God's doing. He is the one who blesses you, who puts you in the line of your inheritance. He prepared his heavenly kingdom for you before you could do anything about it. So this text of ours today which on the surface might seem like we have to pile up our works in order to merit salvation, is instead a most comforting passage of salvation by grace. By God's grace, only your works done from faith in Christ will be mentioned. The evidence of genuine and living faith, by God's grace, will receive the reward of the righteous eternal life in his kingdom. Dear Christian, God in his grace has made you one of his sheep. Now follow your good shepherd in faith and do the good works. 
God has prepared for you to do, your teeth are not set on edge. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 Kale Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.